Welcome to Apocalypse Campfire Radio. Rupert's Black Belt is part of surviving. In part two of our session, Rupert explains it all with British Suave. What does he mean by extra normal? Just a warning, graphic portrayals of the poultry and egg industries come up as we talk about his vegan diet. In true apocalypse mode, the session was captured remotely. You've been prepared for so many years. Was there something that inspired you? Something in particular that inspired you to get ready? Well, that's a good question. I haven't really thought about why I want to be prepared to keep living and not die. I guess it's just a natural instinct. Do you think that there might have been something that just made you realize in order to survive, you have to have this kit ready? I think it's a combination of different things. I grew up in the countryside. We'd go out into nature all the time. We'd camp. I love camping. I like going out. I like having the right equipment to be out in nature. I like nature. Most people do when they actually get out there, as long as they have the can keep clean, that sort of thing. But also there's another aspect of me whereby I've always wanted to know the truth and understand reality. And I can remember very specifically as a kid in school, wanting to learn what was real and what wasn't. People were telling me lots of information, and this is before social media. Now, it's just impossible for people to tell what is real unless they really research something deeply. But I wanted to understand what was real. So I learned science. I researched religion because people were telling me that was real. I researched ghosts and aliens and everything extra normal. I researched all of it. I started to see that there were patterns that made sense where different parts of the supernatural or extra normal fit together, different parts of reality fit together, like science was slotting into and fitting up right next to some aspects of the extra normal. And I was starting to see patterns that made sense. I was starting to see things that just didn't fit in with everything in a nice jigsaw-like way and therefore was probably not real. I've always wanted to know the truth. When you came to the US, I assume you came directly from the UK, is that right? Yes, I did. I went from the UK to San Jose. Oh, you were in the Bay Area? Yes. I got a job on the basis of a phone call from England. They said, turn up on the first day. And I said, yeah, but I'm going to arrive. I won't have anywhere to stay. I don't really know what to do. They said, oh, we'll help you out. Just turn up on the first day. So I did turn up on the first day. And their way of helping me out was driving me to the local shop and saying, if you buy a paper, there'll be an ad in there probably for somewhere to stay. So literally, I was homeless when I first arrived and I had to uh, survive. How did you survive? Well, I didn't feel like being homeless and I didn't have any money in any American bank accounts or anything. And I wasn't in a financially stable position at that time. So what I did was my father has been for many years a member of the Rotary Club which is an international charitable organization. And I had been a member of the young person's Rotary Club called Rotaract. And I thought, I'll see if there's a local Rotary Club. And I contacted them. I emailed them and said, this is the predicament I'm in. Can anybody help? And one of those local members said, yeah, come and stay with me for a while. Was that right away? Or did you have a night or two when you had to just figure it out? I was staying with a girl who was a friend of a friend and <laughs> <laughs> nothing like a friend of a friend yes help you out in a bite in a pinch <laughs> yeah it was nice that i didn't have to be on the street 
but I had to find somewhere quickly. I'm sure your accent didn't hurt things either. In the dating and relationship world, apparently it helps. Yes. <laughs> in, in, this, in this country, it helps. I wish the reverse were true. I wish if you have an American accent, you can just go to the UK and people just think it's amazing. It depends on the American accents. Some accents are a little uncomfortable to hear, but your accent isn't. I was asking someone who was from the UK, I was trying to understand what an American accent sounds like to the UK ear. Not like too extreme, not like, oh, oh, that's good, okay. So it's like when I'm teaching science, I will say millimeter, centimeter, meter, and kilometer, and then we all do it in American. Millimeter, centimeter, meter, and kilometer. You sound like you're from the South or something. If you're serious about planning and preparing as, as well as you can, it might not be a bad idea to learn a little bit of martial arts. You're right. And I, I've taken some, I mean, not technically martial arts, but more just like women's self-defense, you know, and I've pretty much forgotten all of it now. But I have my pepper spray gel. You You've know, got it right there. I try to have it by my bed when I sleep. I also have a taser. I was wearing my taser when I went out for my walk today because you never know. Yeah. But I need to do target practice with this. It's long distance supposedly and it's a gel. So I think maybe more precise or something. Nice. And I've also been told I need to buy a bat or use a fire extinguisher if someone comes in. But I have this heavy water bottle like just yeah. to bash them on the head if I need to. <laughs> like to use a fire extinguisher or something big. So I used to teach self-defense classes. I'm a black belt in Shotokan karate. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> I ran two clubs back in England. How do you keep yourself, you know, on top of it? Like, how do you, do you quiz yourself every now and then on moves and things like that? How do you keep it fresh for yourself? How do you remember? When you get to that level, it's hard to forget. But there are patterns of routines you do called kata where you go through a, like a set routine of moves where you're doing set things with your hands and you learn them and you remember them so well. And sometimes when I'm in the wilderness, I like to just center myself and then go through a, a kata, a routine. Think of Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse. I need to see that. Thank you. I love the 80s, you know. Do you ever like spar with people or I don't know what the term is for karate, but like practice with other people? Yeah, spa or fight. Kumite, I, I believe, is the Japanese word. But I used to. I don't anymore. I got a few injuries like torn ligaments and things like that. And I started to think I'm hurting myself more by training than I am by actually getting into fights. So I eased off on that. And now I just sort of train by myself. But in these kata, you learn how to tighten muscles and how to breathe. And you do some slow, you do some fast. So it's like there's somebody really there. Wow. So you've got the accent going and then you can say, oh, I actually also know martial arts and I have a black belt. Yes. My name is Rupert Randall, otherwise known as R.G. Randall. Who am I? Well, I'm a lot of different things. I'm an author and I have written a science fiction novel called Aliens, Avatars, Ghosts and God. You can look it up more quickly by typing in A-A-G-G -G in the books section. It's a science fiction adventure, but I've weaved into the storyline all of the things that I have learnt 
in my lifetime about aliens and ghosts and spirits and what happens when you die, reincarnation, remote viewing, all of this supernatural stuff. I don't like the word supernatural. I like to call it extra normal. I am also a dating and relationship coach. So next to my science fiction book in Amazon, you will be able to see a fun little first date gift for you. I'm a science teacher. I have a degree in physics with space science and technology. So I know a little bit about the universe. You prefer the term uh, extra normal versus supernatural. Why is that? Super tends to mean outside of. And supernatural means outside of what is natural. But the spirits, ghosts, UFOs, or aliens, I wouldn't class those as unnatural. They're natural, so I don't like saying supernatural. It's like an egocentric word that humans have created because they're, they're kind of egocentric. They think of more sort of confined and in themselves, and other things are not natural. So I say extra normal, which means outside of what is normal to us. Is this a term that you coined? Yes. It's in my book. The fantasy novel. Not fantasy. Oh, no. Science fiction. Oh, sorry. Science fiction. If something is somewhat fantasy-like, then I think automatically it's probably fantasy. Whereas with sci-fi, sometimes it gets a little... I can't... I tend to like more fantasy than sci-fi, but it, there's definitely overlap. That's a whole topic in itself. <laughs> Absolutely. In terms of food. Do you have canned food and things like that? I was already stocked up on food weeks, if not months before most people in this country were starting to realize there could be a problem. Because, you know, I look at world news. American news stations are not great at showing world news unless it is of direct significance to them. In England and in other countries, world news is more, I don't know, it's People want to know about it, what's going on in the world. It's like in America, it isn't relevant, is yeah. what we treat it as. Yeah, so I saw it coming a long time because I go to the BBC News website every day. I find that a very, probably the best, most impartial and reliable source of world news. And that's probably because of the way it's funded. How's it funded? Well, a lot of news stations in America are funded through adverts, attracting people to the news station. So they have adverts. They also, the style of presentation and the stories they choose attracts people. And the more sensationalistic and the more controversial they can be, or the more funny and happy, they attract people to the news by tailoring the news to those people. Some news stations are obviously very political and they know that people of a certain party will be attracted not to real news, but to news which fits in with their beliefs. <laughs> in England, people pay a TV license fee. They pay a TV license fee, which to Americans sounds crazy, but basically what it means is everybody who has a TV in England pays a certain amount every year to the BBC. The BBC can use that money to create quality broadcasting, quality shows, quality news. They don't need to be sensationalistic or sexy or funny or controversial because they're given the money. Nice. Already it's up front. It's non-conditional. If anything, because it's coming from everybody and that news station is supplying everybody with the news, they have to be more balanced because they're trying to seek to look at all points of view in an impartial way. 
And also, it's not the style in England to give one's opinion as a journalist. You state the facts. You can watch what is supposedly news in this country, and for hours, they will just be stating opinions about what they see. Like, they hear the news, and then there's like, well, what do you think about this? Well, I think it's this, and I disagree. And, and you end up having opinions overriding the actual facts. So I like the BBC News because it, it's not as opinion-based. You stocked up on food yeah. in your pantry. What do you have right now? What do you have stocked up right now? You're going to want to buy food which has the most nutritional and highest energy and nutritional value for the size and weight, nutrient-rich food. One of the best ways of doing that is by buying dried food because then you're not carrying the weight of the water or storing the size of the water. So things like pasta or pasta. I say pasta. Pasta. That does sound posh. That's nice. I've got many boxes of pasta that will keep me going a few months. I've got quinoa. Quinoa is like a superfood. It contains all of the proteins or amino acids that your body needs. I pronounce it pretty much the same way, I think. Quinoa. Quinoa? Good. Quinoa. My sister made fun of, of me. She said, no, it's quinoa. I said, what? But anyway. <laughs> but I've got a few cans or tins of beans, things like that too. While the electricity is still on, I'm utilizing the freezer. So I've got frozen corn, frozen peas. I'm eating well. I've got all of the Gardein vegan meat substitute things. I do look at saturated fat content. I like to have substitute meat products that have less than 10% fat. Actually, increasingly, I'm having less of the substitute meats. I think I'm going through a transition. I went from a transition from eating a lot of meat to eating a lot of meat substitute to enjoying the combinations and flavors of foods that are less processed. I think eating whole kind of grains and whole like avocados and beans and the less processed they are, it's probable that they are even more healthy. So yeah, I'm enjoying that transition. Do you ever have eggs if it's in Morningstar? Eggs is, is a very interesting thing. When I was vegetarian, I used to think, you know, if the chickens are living in a farm and they're happy chickens and you can just take their eggs and eat those, what is the harm in that? If they haven't been fertilized, what's the harm in that? You're not preventing any animal from being born in the future. Because if a female chicken lays an egg and it hasn't been fertilized by a cockerel, it's not going to turn into a chicken. So I was like, well, what's the harm in that? If I lived on a farm or in the countryside where right next to me, I knew that these eggs were coming in that way, I think I'd be okay with that. But basically, if you buy them in a, a typical shop, even if they say free range or what's the other expression? Cage free. Cage free, antibiotic free. Okay. This is what they don't tell you. They need to keep this constant supply of female chickens to lay eggs and chickens grow old quickly, they die. What they do is when the chicks hatch in the factory where they're producing the eggs, they need to replace the female chickens. The eggs hatch, they check the gender. If it's a female, they will keep it. If it's a male, they don't want that male. That's no good to them. They're put on the conveyor belt and that conveyor belt will drop them into either a dumpster where they die alive, piled on top of each other in the trash, or, which is more common, more efficient for them, they just get dropped into a grinder. 
alive oh they get dropped into a grinder and then that meat product is then fed back to the chickens in some way or fed to other farm animals if you see how they treat those animals that's a big part of how you get eggs now you see so sad cute little fluffy things if you had one of those cute little fluffy things you'd protect it you would love it and you'd protect it imagine dropping that into a grinder alive and i have gone to the slaughterhouses here in las vegas there's a wonderful group they go and they stand outside and give peaceful demonstrations outside these slaughterhouses there's a branch in los angeles where they go and have pig vigils stand outside the pig slaughterhouses and i've been to both and with the chicken one when they pull up and you see all the chickens in the crates the lorry or truck pulls up and you see them all in there and i've taken photos of them because i do vegan promoting photography they look so ill so sick some of them can't keep their eyes open or their head up areas of their feathers have been worn away through rotting some of them are basically their skin is like infected their legs their feet are all puffy they can't stand on their feet their underside the feathers are gone the skin is exposed they're lying in excrement they're shoved in close to each other and you think even if i was a meat eater still i would not want to eat that this is one of the big problems one of the big issues with the meat industry there's so many issues once again, Rupert has made the argument, and I probably will be eating less meat. I actually, well, I'm allergic to eggs anyway, supposedly, so I don't really eat those often. But I am running a little low on any sort of meat, so maybe I'll just try to hold out for a while. People have been taught that you need meat. Why do you need meat? You need protein. It's not true. Somebody a long time ago just thought, well, in order to get meat on your body, you're going to need to eat meat from another animal. I would call that a reasonable argument. There's a reason behind what you're thinking. You know, you need to eat meat, muscle cells, in order to build up muscle cells. That's reasonable. And but there's also just the, the way that it's been ingrained in terms of like, yeah. if I don't eat meat, I'll feel hungry or something like that, which yeah. to be honest, like it did kind of happen to me when I was just a temporary vegan for health reasons. I was hungry a lot and I, I really tried to work in a lot of protein. But I wasn't doing, I wasn't like buying, you know, Beyond or Impossible or any of that stuff. I was really eating whole foods, mostly whole foods and beans yeah. and nuts and things like that. But I was honestly, I was hungry. If you look at animals that are very muscular, like bison and gorillas and rhinos, they build up their muscle from eating plants. Cows build up their muscle and they're strong. Bulls, they're strong from eating plants. It's a fallacy. It's incorrect that you need to eat meat or muscle tissue in order to gain muscle tissue. You learn as a vegan what is going to fill you up. As soon as you start learning about this and trying different foods, go to some vegan restaurants. It's delicious, delicious food. You will slowly realize, well, hang on a second. There's a huge amount of food which really fills me up, which tastes really good. One of my favorite things is kale, actually. I know if I have it, it will satisfy me to an extent. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm out right now. <laughs> I wish I would have thought to buy seeds and stuff to grow.
grow my own little garden because I have a backyard here. And it seems like a lot of the places are either sold out of seeds, trying to order online. There's no way I'm going to go to the home improvement store right now. But my next attempt is maybe when I do buy produce, you can kind of try to grow from stems and things like that. So that's my next thing. I did buy soil and I did buy like a planter, but the planter I think is going to take a while, but I figure it's going to take a while anyway to let it sprout. I can also sprout them in water, hopefully. You've told me about your survival stuff. I'm not really sure we got to the point where, because you're in Vegas, what kind of plants you would actually be eating if you did go to that hike that you go to on foot, only on foot. That's a good question. And I don't know the answer, but I know how to know the answer. And that's right. You would know when you get there, probably. I've printed off sheets of paper. So I've got it in a book as well, which basically shows me which plant. So it's kind of like this book that you have and you would take that with you as well. But you can can search on the internet for your local area. What local plants, what plants in Nevada can I eat? There will be plenty. Even if there's not obviously plants around, you'll be able to dig up things that look a bit like potatoes or carrots. You just need to look into it and learn what are the things that you can eat. I mean, in California, one of the first things I did when I got to one of my new schools there was I identified the plants in the school. And one of them was a type of pine tree. And I'm trying to remember what the type of pine tree was, but I did some research on it. And this particular type of pine tree is in the stories of when colonists would come over from Europe. They were first arriving here after a long journey and they'd run out of fresh fruits and vegetables and they had scurvy. The local Native American Indians, being kind, would take these pine needles from the tree and boil them up some pine needle tea. Feed it to them because it was full of vitamin C or vitamin C. Is scurvy Um, what you get when you don't have any vitamin C? Yeah, when you don't get the fresh fruit and vegetables yeah that's why sailors used to get it or people on ships or whatever okay i'm so low on produce right now it's just good to do a little bit of research on that actually there are people out there who know these skills and who teach these skills like in meetup.com yeah thanks for adding the dot com for the people who have never been on the internet before (laughs) yeah yeah in meetup but right now i don't even know if that's running so I was addicted to watching Bear Gorillas videos. You know who he is, right? He, no. I think he's from the UK. He's kind of like the James Bond of the outdoors world. He would go out into the wilderness and show how you survive in this particular area that he would be in, whether it was the desert oh, or whether yeah, it was like okay. the Antarctic or whatever, or yeah. the jungle or the forest. And, oh, you should never eat a raw slug because you'll get poisoned. He started having celebrity guests who would have Kate Winslet or somebody else and they would have to eat something that he would make. Usually for the really big celebrities, it would be, or for his guests, it would be something kind of tame like worms. When it's just him, he would show you, this is how I catch a piranha. You know, of course you have to cook it. Mm. So I really started getting into that. And then I was more recently addicted to watching fishing videos. I slowly started getting into the idea of backpacking and camping through the hiking that I've been doing. And I never thought I'd be into camping or anything, but then I finally signed up for this one. Of course, it got canceled. And then I almost signed up to an urban survival class that would have been in early March. But maybe it was good that I didn't go because it would have been just like a room full of people all standing around closely looking at whatever kind of equipment he's showing us. You get an alert somehow, and you basically realize that you have only two minutes, like two minutes to get out. What do you take? What do you do? You have to be warm when you're outside. So you have to grab clothes and a good knife. 
grab clothes and a knife. If you have time, grab a piece of food from the kitchen just so that you can get through the day. But yeah, clothes, knife, and a bit of food. Okay. Wow. Of course, you're talking like apocalypse and major disaster, but it could be your house is on fire. Right. That's true. Yeah. It could be suddenly, probably not in LA, but it happened to my, my parents' house in England, a flood. The water level is rising, 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 and possessions are starting to get flooded. What do you grab? And you need to get out before you drown. I've actually been advising some of my clients who are concerned about the virus and what could happen. I've been advising them to, in advance, go around the house, get all of your most valuable possessions, whatever that means to you, whatever's valuable to you, and put them in one or two boxes in the same place so that whatever the disaster, you can grab those boxes and you can leave. Is that something that you should just always have anyway? Just like there's the box, like no matter what, even beyond this whole pandemic situation? Yes. For me, there's a lot of sentimental things like family photographs, that sort of thing, for example. So I've spent the last few years scanning all my old photographs, scanning all of the documents that I need that are important documents, putting them onto my computer, backing them up onto a portable hard drive. So if I've got five minutes, I'm going to grab my portable hard drive, which already has everything on it, ready to go. Don't have, there's no point having a backup in the same house as the original copies, because if your house burns down, you've lost everything. So my backup is in a storage unit. Very educational as always. And of course, I'll be eating a little less meat, at least for the next week. May you survive your own apocalypse. This program is intended for entertainment purposes only. While attempts are made to present accuracy, the show's content should not be taken as factual. If you choose to take any action after listening to this show, the choice is yours and yours alone. 